0: In and we're we're just going to do two verses today Matthew 7 verses 13 and 14. last week we ended with 12 12 was pretty simple and everything therefore treat people the same way you want them to treat you for this is the law and the prophets if you would by your heads father we thank you for another time to be in your word God encourage us today, Father, in our walk with you, Lord. Show us where we are. Show us the places that need to change, God, so that we might become who it is that you actually want us to be. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Be with those who aren't able to be here this morning, God, for whatever reason, the infirmities in their bodies. May they be physical, mental, spiritual, God. We just pray that you would move on their behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus has said so much since uh, Matthew 5 and 1, and he's laid out a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, several times throughout all his teachings, he said, you're going to go to hell if you do this. That's what's going to happen because the judgment is final and it's done. But then he's gone about mostly what he's been doing is just kind of telling us. he's been It's been really encouraging. I mean, it really has. He's like, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you the way it is. And then I'm going to tell you why it's that way. And then I'm going to encourage you to stay that way. Like none of this has been, he hasn't beaten anyone down. He's just actually... For the first time, because he says, what did he say? I came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. He has come and he is actually explaining what the law really meant. Like what was we, we live by something called the spirit of the law. Like there's the law, right? The law is I drive 55. The spirit of the law is, is that a state trooper will allow me to go 61. That's the difference between the law and the spirit of the law. Well, thank God for the spirit of the law of the law in the, in the Bible. Because if it wouldn't be for the spirit, the perfect law of liberty, that being Jesus Christ and the spirit that's been deposited in us, we would all go to hell. Because it is impossible. There has never been anyone but Jesus Christ who kept the law. Even those who were great and they were prophets and they did great things and they were the, the father Abraham. I mean, the people who are the father of our whole everything. They were sinners and they could not keep the law. Moses killed a man. I mean, you get where I'm coming from. Like Jesus Christ is the only reason that we have the ability to be saved today. So as I teach this today, I'm not teaching this to unsaved people. And that's the way I'm going to teach it because we could go through this and I could say, if you ain't right, you're going to go to hell. Well, duh, that should be like, we should know that. If you don't understand today that if you're not saved, born again, filled with the spirit of God and walking on the narrow way that you're going to go to hell, then I don't know where you've been. Because you've been here more than two Sundays, I'm just being honest. So, what we're we're going to talk about this, and we're going to look at it through a, like a different light. We're going to look at it as save people, because the Broadway is not for us. The Broadway is not it's not for me and you to walk on. It's not for us to mess with. Why is it, why is there a distinction made between the two? Number one, and and what is the benefit of us being on the narrow way? That's what I would really like to focus on. So, I'm just going to read the two verses. In Matthew 7 and 13, he says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. Verse 12, 14, it should say. I don't know why I did that. But for the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Okay, so we're just looking at the very first one. We're going to just define a couple words, and then we'll move on. But narrow, a small, cramped, constricted. That's what narrow means. It's small, it's cramped, it's constricted. that's pretty simple. So he's saying, enter through the narrow gate. So we know and we know right off the bat that this gate is narrow. It's not a big wide gate. Also, this gate is an access to enter into. Well, this is an access to enter into eternal bliss with our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this gate leads to eternal life. Right? We're saved. Listen, once you get to once you get to the point where you're at this gate, you're saved. Like this is your salvation. But this gate, usually a gate, a lot of times a gate is at the end of something. Like you go down a long road and you get to a gate and then you enter in and there you are. But that's not what this is like. This is a gate that you enter through because of what you have become. That's why we're going to see it's not easy to get through this gate. Yeah, Is it easy to be saved? Yeah, in God, through God it is. But most people never find their way through this gate because of everything that's outside of this gate. Right? So once you cross through this gate, understand this. When, we, when this is taught, you're saved. You're saved. You can't enter in through the gate and not be saved. Okay. And now you're on a narrow way. And has anybody found the narrow way to be super easy? Yeah, and it's, it's designed that way. That's the awesome part. So the, the overview of this is the narrow way is, des- is designed to destroy your flesh and your self-will while the broad way elevates and celebrates them. The Broadway elevates your self-will. I'm self-willed. I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. And I don't care what anybody thinks. Right? It celebrates that. The same goes with your what? What's the other thing it says? Your flesh. On the Broadway, your flesh lives. And it lives large. Matter of fact, it celebrates itself. Why do you think we have things like Pornhub? And we have things like, uh, what are they called now? The people with the things that you can... OnlyFans. Why do you think those things exist? Why do those things? Why do those things exist? Those things exist for this reason: to celebrate flesh. Because I heard an interview with someone the other day, and this guy, there was a Christian talking to one of these OnlyFans girls, and he asked her a question, a very, a very just forward question. He said, "Let me ask you a question. If I could give wave a wand and you could make a million dollars a year and not have to do that, would you stop?" And she said, "Most certainly, I would not." He said, well, do you make a million dollars now? And she said, no. He said, that doesn't make any sense. She said, I like what I do because it it celebrates me. I like for people to see me. I'm an exhibitionist, right? And y'all, that's, that's the way the world sees things. This right here is an awesome thing unless it's used negatively. But so is Facebook. Because it annoys me so much on Facebook whenever people put something very vague because they want you to ask a question or they're they're seeking. That's self. That's your self-will. They want you to feel sorry for them. They're trying to elevate themselves. That is super annoying. Just be mature for a change. And that's the problem with Christianity as a whole. That's why we have a platform standard here at this church that also has in it about how we use online stuff. Because if I use the online stuff, and that's what I use it for, is to celebrate myself and my self-will, well, you're not really aligning with the Word of God. And that's kind of counterproductive for, I'm, I'm saying it's counterproductive for the AGC. It's counterproductive for you as a Christian. It's just counterproductive for the whole culture of Christianity. There's a reason there's a narrow way. is it, It's not the most fun thing I've ever done. I had a whole lot more fun, air quotes, whenever I was unsaved. Now, I can look back. On those things and those things that I thought were super fun they were only fun because they pleased my flesh and that's all I had now I have something called hope now I have something called life and it's real life 2222 in the Greek it's real life I'd never lived before we were dead in our trespasses and sins and that's one of those things that people talk about is what are the wage? what's the wages of sin death, death. but don't we all die yeah Death is the wages of sin, that death is the second death that's cast into the lake of fire. And that's what he's trying to say here. There is one way to me, and there is one way to hell. So there's no third way. There's no high occupancy vehicle lane. There's one going north, and there's one going south, and there's nothing in the middle. You're either headed for hell or you're headed for heaven. Now, here's the awesome part. That's what I love most about this. If you're headed for hell today, if that's the pathway that someone's on, they can, that can be changed. <laughs> it can actually be changed. You can leave that Broadway, find, seek, search, look for the narrow way and get on it. But you can also find yourself at times on the Broadway when you're saved. And that's your fault. It has absolutely nothing to do with God has absolutely nothing to do with the spirit that lives inside of you. It's your ignorance and your flesh and your stupidity. It's you. The whole problem with Christianity is you. The whole problem with Christianity is me. The whole problem with this work that's being done inside is me. Because Matt McNeely grieves the spirit. Matt McNeely stops the work of God in his life. Because he's selfish. And he's self-absorbed. And he thinks everything should be about him. And he's self willed, and he doesn't crucify his flesh enough. That's our problem today. That's, that's everybody's problem today in our life is that. And Jesus is trying to say, there's only one way. And we're going to find, of course, John 1 is John 10 1 through 10. We'll look at it. So we know it's a small, cramped, constricted access into something. And what is that into? It's into the kingdom of God. I truly believe, and I've said this before, we can we can talk about it at another time if you disagree, but I believe he who began a good work will complete it. I believe that once I'm on that narrow way, that there's no way that I'm not going to be on that narrow way. In the end, at the end of my life, if I walk through that narrow way and I'm on that narrow way, I cannot find where I'm not going to be on that narrow way at the end. Can I leave the broad path at different times and grieve the Spirit of God in my life? Yes, but if he began a work, that's what we're going to see Jesus say right here. If I begin something, I'm going to finish it. John 10, 1 through 10. This is what he says. <clears throat> he says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things what those things were which he had been saying to them. So he's given them this, this thing, and they can't understand. Me too, that's why I read commentaries. That's why I pray, that's why I read all kinds of things. You think I understand every single word of this, even at this moment in time? That would be that would be a lie. No. There's so many, there's so much to this. There's so much riches to the word of God, and it's alive. But in seven, so Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Who's the door? Who's the gate? Jesus Christ is. He is the door. He is the gate. And this is what he says. All who all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go out and find pasture. That is salvation. That is eternity and glorification. If, now don't fool yourself and think that you have something you don't have today, because most people are going to go to hell because they have a form of religion without the power of the godliness. They have a form of godliness, but they have not the power of the Spirit of God in their life. What is that power? To go and heal people? No, that's foolish. The power is to live out the life of Christ in this world. That's what the power is. We want to seek power because that's, that glorifies and celebrates my flesh. If I could leave, get up, rise up from here and go start healing people at Rapids General and then go heal everybody at Cabrini, they would put me on the news. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's why we don't do that anymore. Because there's very few people who seek to actually heal and save and do what's right without wanting to glorify their flesh. The reason that some things don't happen as people think they should, people running and shouting and doing things in church is because they're not doing it from a place of purity. They would do it solely for the spectacle, solely so they could be seen, so they're super spiritual individuals. I've watched people run across the top of pews. You can't tell me God told that person to do that. That doesn't make any sense. You're jumping from the back of a pew and you knock some of them over. That makes no sense, but people stopped. People stopped listening to the Word of God. People stopped focusing on that, and they paid attention to that individual. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. God does not like that. The Spirit of God is grieved whenever we make this about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Very grieved. This is not about me, ever. This is always about His kingdom and forwarding His kingdom. The prosperity that I receive is the ability... Um, which is crazy, to be a part of forwarding the kingdom of God. And I shouldn't get notoriety for that. Now, the Word of God, let's Well, Brother Matt, the Word of God says that Jesus grew in favor with God and man, and you should. But they also killed him. The same people that it says he grew in favor with killed him. Yeah you got to look at the whole Bible as a whole. You can't just pull out one thing and say, well, if everybody doesn't love you and you're not growing in respect of people and you're not prominent, then you're not. That's what Joel would tell you. That's what many of them would tell you. They're liars. They're charlatans. They're selling you a false gospel and a false narrative. And whenever something goes wrong in people's lives, you know what happens? They give up because they never had blessed hope because they never had the truth. You need the truth. Because the Word of God says what? The truth shall do what to you? John chapter 8, 32. It will set you free. And you will then be free indeed. Y'all, people think they're free of things and they're not because they're not truly who they think they are. Because right before Jesus says that, you know what else he says? He says, If you continue in my word, in other words, if you continue in the works, if you continue in the things, if you continue following my commandments, then I will know you're my disciple. Not just because you made one time made a commitment to God in front of a bunch of people. That's why so many people, because y'all know what's coming after this, right? Everybody knows that 721 through 25 is coming. And Jesus is fixing to say so many profound things in such a few verses before he gets to that point so that they will understand there's but one way. And if you don't do it right, there is zero hope for you. None. Now this morning, thank God, that's not our reality. So it either is, this is the thing that we have to wrestle with as, as believers. It's either my reality that, that Jesus is the gate, and I've entered, as he just said, I'm the door, if anyone enters through me, he will be saved. He will be saved. It didn't say he might be saved. Okay, and we know that being saved is, I was saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved, right? He never said the process would ever stop, ever. Do, do you read that there? And we'll go in and out and find pasture. Do you believe that today? Do you truly believe that what God began, he will finish? Because if you don't truly believe that, you may not be who you think you are. Because if you find yourself in the very end of this, not an overcomer, then you never were. If you don't overcome this world, as the Word of God says, you never were saved. Because the Word of God says those who he saves will overcome, and they will inherit the kingdom of God. Not that they might. But that doesn't fly in a lot of places. But we have got to believe. You've got to have confidence in what you have. You've got to. I mean, Romans chapter 8 is just, that's just Romans chapter 8. Confidence. This is what you have. Hebrews chapter 10, we read the beginning from 25 through 30, 31. It's like, oh my gosh. And then boom, right after that, read the rest of it. Right. And then what is he? Confidence. Have confidence. Don't throw away that which you have. Did you sin? Have you done wrong? Yes. Well, stop, because what you have is eternal. What you have is a you are an overcomer. Have you done wrong? Well, most certainly. Mm, yeah, I have this morning, even like my thoughts. my We have impure thoughts. We have things that we happen. We have to wrestle, fight and subject our will to him every single day. That's what being on the narrow way is. Being on the narrow way is not simple. He says, I'm the door. If anyone enters enters and, and through me, he will be saved and will go out and find pasture. And then 1010, we all know, guys, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have a life and that life abundantly. And that abundance is eternal. Because if your best life is lived now, you're going to hell. You don't have to like that, but I'm telling you right now, if your best life is lived right now, you are, you are destined for hell. Because if you can't see that the life that we have promised in Christ Jesus is better than this garbage that we're living here, something is wrong with your spiritual vision. <laughs> you are not seeing and hearing the way the Lord asks us to. This is not great, guys. I mean, some of us may be in a great place in our life right now, but if your body's not racked with pain every day, if you're, if you're not fighting with the things of this world because you've just given in and over to them, guys, you need to pray. You need to pray because you're not under. I'm not saying you should have to be every day, but we're going to find in verse 14, you should be. it should be pretty rough on you. This life in Christ, although you are free and you have liberty, if you live it right, it is tough in the, on the flesh. I didn't say spiritually tough. Fleshly. It should hurt your flesh. Anything that divides the bone and the marrow, that sounds pretty hard. It's going to hurt, but it has a purpose. And that's the great thing. We said this. We've said this uh, last year and into this one. God does not everything God does. He uses for a purpose. Do you believe that? That's why we can have hope. Because when our loved ones die, whenever we lose our vehicle, whenever we lose our house, whenever we lose our job, whenever we lose whatever it is, we still have hope. Because our hope is, is that he's working all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We're back in Romans 8. I mean, we have, do you believe that this morning? If you're on the narrow way, well, let's look at the narrow way now. And we'll, I'm just going to quote Acts 14, 4 and 12. What's it say? There's no other name given among men, that you would be saved but the name of what? Jesus. For there is no other name. That's why he says, I, I am the door, I am the gate. If you enter in through my gate, you will, you will be saved. Listen, if you've entered in through that gate, you are saved. But you better have entered in through the gate, right? Because what he says when he begins it is that anybody who entered any other way was a thief and a robber. And if I can go to Revelation and I can go, I can go all through this thing and I can show you Ephesians, that no one who is a thief or a robber will inherit the kingdom of God. I'm confused the, on that statement. Um, I mean, not the general principle of it, but like, how were they going to enter it in another way? Well, that, they didn't. They actually didn't enter another way. Oh. They're saying like the Jews, because... A person who preaches or teaches that there's another way, it's heresy. Yeah. So that's what he's trying. And you got to understand who he's talking to in the time because the Jews, they're saying that their way is the only way and it's the right way. Mm-hmm. But what's sad is even within the Jews, there's factions. So the Jewish religion as a whole has done splintered into all of these different factions and they believe different things. And that's why he said everyone who's come before me is a liar. Okay. Everybody else who said this, who said that, they're, they all have lied to you. Because there is no other way. Because although they say that there's a way, guess what? They haven't entered in. The la- uh, verse 14, it says, For the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life. So the gate is small, which we've already talked about. Small is definitive. And guess what it is, guys? It's surrounded by obstacles. <laughs> this gate is definitive. Well, what are all the obstacles in the world? Every single thing that can entice you uh, when you go in there today, if a person were to go in there today, and the Lord would draw them, and because a certain person is here, or because they are, they don't want someone to think that they're not a saved person. They don't go. That's one of those things. That's a, that's something. It's an obstacle. Everything is an obstacle, a stumbling block. Everything that's, not Everything that's not Christ is a stumbling block or an obstacle to keep you from going through there. And that's what that's what Satan's job is, and he's really super great at it. I mean. But so is our flesh. <clears throat> our flesh is we blame him for everything, but yeah. we allow it in our life, especially those of us who are saved. And then the few, because uh, this is the one few. There are few who find it. it is very little small in quantity or size. <clears throat> I mean, and we not we don't want to think about that when it comes to those who are going to make it to heaven versus the many that will make it to hell. But if you if I tell you, I want many of something that I really like, like a candy. I, I know what a few is. A few is like three or four. That ain't enough. No. I want, I want this. Yeah. We need to apply that to this too, because it really is that way. Now, it, some people tell you it's less than ten percent of people or whatever. There's no way to really prove any of that because it doesn't say that in here distinctly. But I can assure you that when they said a few, it wasn't a many. Because when we use the word just a few, to us, a few is three, three or more, but it's not more than. You get where I'm coming from. Because if it was a dozen, I'd say a dozen, right? Right. So, (laughs) right. So I would think that a few is less than a dozen because that would be the next term that I would use, a dozen. So, so again, the gate is small and the way is narrow. Notice there's a distinction. There's two different things there now. The gate is small, um, which would say definitive, surrounded by obstacles, and it's also narrow. It's small, cramped, and constricted, the same word, but used in a different way. So why? that's why I, I remember reading this for the first time years and years ago, but it's Matthew 11 and 12, and Jesus has just got finished talking about John the Baptist and literally saying that John is the greatest man that's ever lived on the face of the earth, right? And then he goes home and he says this. It's um, Matthew 11 and 12, he says, I'm going to read 11. He says, "Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist." That's that's a that's some credit right there. But he says, "Yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is." <laughs> you know. I mean, so what he's saying, he's kind of putting things in its right place. But then he says something in 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. It, and I mean I read a bunch of commentaries and we can all debate on what it, it is or whatever, but you gotta understand Jesus Christ is the gate, right? He's talking about I'm the gate. The kingdom of heaven is on earth, guys. The kingdom of heaven is walking among men. And what happened to him everywhere he went, they just they just piled on him, guys. Like they were just whoa, whoa, on him. I wish they would do that to churches now. I wish that's the way it was now, but it's not. But when the presence of God wrapped in flesh was here, the kingdom of heaven was, because it says the kingdom of heaven is nigh. It's at hand, but he's like, I'm here. Like, I'm literally here. That's exactly how people went about it. They were fighting to get to him. The woman with the issue of blood fought through people to touch him. It wasn't like, I'm going to wait my turn or whatever. People were literally violent, if you want to put it, in their pursuit of him. Yeah, they were, yes, tearing a roof off of a house to lower someone down. I mean, this this pursuit was, then that's what it's trying to say is, this goes back to what we learned two weeks ago is seek, the difference between seeking and praying. And remember, it's like each one of those was a different level. These people, whatever whatever the continuum of a force was for that, they were the highest level you could be. They was like short of kidnapping Jesus and having him for ourselves. We are going to get to him whatever means necessary. Whatever means necessary. And we're going to follow him for days, even though we don't have anything to eat. I mean, think about that. Uh, people don't want there's not very many people who would sit here if we started preaching this morning at 10 30 and sit here until four o'clock this evening. They would get up and leave, and it's in the air conditioning, and we've had refreshments this morning, right? I'm just saying, I mean, but it was a different time, and these people, they really, they want it. We have it. We have it now, but but we still don't seek it in that manner, and it's and that's a problem, but it's a problem that is a good problem, right? It, it really is. It's a good problem. It means that we haven't reached the end. It means there's still more to do. It means there's still more to fight for. It means there's still a kingdom. It means we're still part of it. But here's the thing that makes it good is we understand that because the world doesn't understand that. The world doesn't understand that there's more. There's more. We need to do more. We need to pray more. We need to. But still, at the same time, we have a loving God who says, I love you right where you are. And I see your end. Like I literally see where you're going to be because guess what? You're going to be with me in paradise someday. That's awesome. Despite all the stuff that I do, all the, the problems that I cause people and the stress, and the uh, it's already been settled. It's already a place, as I said last time, it's already a place reserved for me in paradise by Jesus Christ, by the gate. Because he said, if I go through him, that I will be saved and I will obtain. That's just to me is awesome. 2 Corinthians 2, 4 through 8. So now let's just get into... Let's talk about the narrow way. let's talk about what the narrow way is like, because Paul describes the narrow way <clears throat> better than anybody does. And this is exactly what narrow means when it talks about it's it's um it's cramped, guys. It's constricted. it's it's sometimes you're gonna be able to walk. A lot of times you're gonna have to crouch. sometimes you're gonna have to crawl. I feel there's times where I'm laying on my stomach and I'm doing this. Yeah. i'm I'm just being honest like that. But but that's exactly what this way is. This way is I'm being crushed, pressed. The walls are coming in on me because every as I'm doing that, I'm getting hyper-focused and I'm getting more and more into the image of Christ. And he's just squishing more flesh and more self-will out. And as that happens, I mean, you've taken a roll of toothpaste or something and started rolling it up so you can get the last of it out of it. The Lord's trying to get the last of that out of us. And it is. But guess what? We're in the process. That's why glory hallelujah this morning, if you want to look at it that way, despite all these things, we are in the process. We can sit here this morning and say with hope in our heart that despite all of this stuff, we are in the process. Not everybody can say that. And they can't say it with, with, with a hope. So 4, 8 through 12, I love this verse. It says, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed. So, yeah, yes, we are afflicted physically, spiritually, emotionally, but none of us have been crushed, completely perplexed, but not despairing. Listen, I have a lot of questions, guys, and there's a lot of times where I just scratch my head, but at the same time, I'm not in despair. Like, I don't think all hope is lost. That's what it's saying. I love that right there because I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions about why things are the way they are, but I also have hope. The world doesn't. The world is in despair. (laughs) Said, One there you go. That's a. You always, you still have hope in it. Yeah. yeah, we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken because what did he say? I'll never leave you or forsake you, yeah. ever. You know, those who are persecuted, there's certain types of persecution. The the Romans, whenever they killed other people that weren't Christians, y'all, they were forsaken. They were gone. Their government did not come and fight for them to take them back from Rome, mm-hmm. right? That's what he's saying. They were forsaken. That's a forsaken individual. I'm from Greece, wherever. I'm from I'm from a faraway Syria, whatever. And I'm in Rome, and I do something that breaks Roman rule. The barbarians are not going to come and fight the Romans to pull me back out of there. They're just going to let them kill me because they're the Romans. So we don't have to worry about that. Struck down, but not destroy. I'm, I get struck down a lot. You know whose fault it is nine times out of ten? Right here, this dude. It's mine, but at that time, but you know what he never has done to me. He's never destroyed me because here's what happened: is the rock of offense that it fell on me and broke me, but I've never been ground to powder. Mm-hmm. That's word right there. That's straight from the word. It's like you got one or two choices, Matt. You can either bend to my wheel, and I'm going to break you, or or in the end you're going to be ground to powder, and that dust goes to hell. Ouch! Always carrying about. In the body, the dying of Jesus. If you're saved, that's what you're doing. Why are you going through the things you went through? You think you're better than your Savior? I mean, seriously. Because I've had people say that. Well, why me? Well, why not you? Selfish? Much? Why not you? You think you're better than everybody else or you're better than God? Oh, I would love for it not to be me. But guess what? It's you. Yeah. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. You, you understand what other people see whenever they see the blessed hope that we have in our life, despite all the horribleness that's going on? It gives other people hope. And then they see that and they're like, oh, okay. Maybe there is something to this profession of faith they have. You know, maybe, maybe there is a reality to this. Five, three through 5 of Romans. Suffering produces endurance, character, and hope. Things that we definitely need. It says, he said, Romans 5, 3 through 5. <clears throat> Excuse me. As long as I got it right. It'd be help, help if I turned to 5 and not 3. So this is what he says, 5, 3 through 5. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. Oh, wait. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. Do you have hope this morning? Do you step, you, you're on the right track. Are, you, are those things realities in your life? Are you persevering? You're here. Um, do you have a proven character? Most of us have a proven character. And that character is proven to be good in Christ. And we all have hope because we're here this morning. So suffering produces those three things, guys, endurance, character, and hope. And if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, there's only three things that live, and the last one, hope's one of them, and love is, right, right. So I'm saying we're we're in a good place (laughs) because when all that other stuff is gone, we have two of the three. We really have all of them, but you get where I'm coming from. That's what I say. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, but we're getting closer to that. Like we've already checked off two boxes, so there's only one left, Right so let's let's go if you would, please, to James one, two through four. That's the thing about the word of god if if you study it and you follow it, it leads you it leads you to all this understanding, and it just goes piece to piece to piece, and it all comes together as a big puzzle that's why i like I like it a lot. James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. What did you say, James? Can you imagine James saying that? Like, I'm going to go stand up this morning. Consider it great whenever you go through terrible tragedies and turmoils. Oh my gosh! What? So knowing, so why would he say that? Knowing that the testing of your fa- oh, we're at faith again. The testing of your faith. So now we're the third one. The testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Oh well, okay, cool. So whenever I have this and this and this, and now I have all three of them. This leads to a place in my life where I can be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Perfect meaning mature, guys. None of us are perfect. Being mature. So I can get to a point in my Christian walk where I'm mature. I hope you do. (laughs) It sure would keep a lot of problems out of churches if people would mature a little bit. Right? Emotionally mature. Spiritually mature. Mature, mature. (laughs) Just be a grown adult person. That I can't, I don't know another way to say it. Just grow up and be the age that you are in your everything. So perfect endurance assures you are lacking nothing. Okay, so that's awesome. So now we've got faith, hope, and love. We've got all three of those. The love we got from what it said was was because the Spirit of God spread it abroad in our heart. Thank you, Spirit of God. So it's the Spirit of God, because of that, we have hope, and now we've added faith. So let's look at the last one, Second Peter 1-11. through 11. Oh, this one's titled A Living Hope and a Sure Salvation. That should upset some denominations. <laughs> Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the four. Not- oh, man. Wait a minute. Who- oh, I'm in first. Oh, that's still good. That, yeah, we don't need to. I need to do that one again, but that one's no. Good. No, where I was going, though, wasn't. All right, so 2 Peter 1 through 11, because I was fixing to get serious. All right, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith. Oh, okay, so here's the big faith. A faith of the same kind as yours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Guys, we lack nothing. Through How do we get that? though? Through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. That being Jesus Christ. So we have what we need. For by these He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises, So that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. That's us. Thank you, Jesus. This is us. Now, for this very reason, also, for this reason, because you've escaped it, because you are who you say you are and profess to be this morning. Now, for that reason, applying all diligence in your faith, oh, that's the keystone, supply moral excellence, and in your excellence, more excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self control, and in your self control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, notice that, didn't just say you had them, but they are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling in choosing you, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Remember that abundant life that He's talked about. Now He's talked, y'all. This is this all comes back to the same exact place. We started, we completed a whole circle from Him being the door, and we talked about all the three things that ends in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That these will abide, and every one of those is what we are, only because of who He is and that we entered through the right gate. Did you really enter through the right gate this morning? Uh, it was funny this morning. Someone had made mention just that they had been baptized three times or two times. Or I was baptized four times, and the last one was on the only one that mattered. I was baptized into the Methodist Church, the Free, well, the Free Methodist Church, the Baptist Church, the Pentecostal Church, and then into the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is the one that mattered because that's the one that I was seeking violently. The rest of it was to be a part of something. I don't want to be a part of anything anymore except for the kingdom of God. And I want to be around His people. Because His people have faith, hope, and love. And His people truly love people. And they love people and they want to see people come to saving faith. They want to snatch people off the Broadway. And they want to explain to them and teach them like we did this morning. Look, this way that you're going to get on, it's going to seem like, oh my gosh, why did I do this? And there's going to be times where it's hard, but I'm going to come alongside you and i'm going to i'm going to encourage you and i'm going to love you and i'm going to love you in spite of your the things where you fail i'm going to love you with a fierce love just like the same ferocity that i used whenever i was seeking this kingdom i'm going to do that to those who are are in it do you do that are you fiercely loving the people that are in the kingdom of god we are not and that is our problem that we need to fix so all right Father, we thank you again for another chance to be in your word, God. We thank you for who you are, for what you've done for us. Thank you for being the gate, Father. Thank you for this morning that if we did enter in through there, you called us saved, Lord. You said that we would inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm so thankful for that this morning. If there be one this morning in the service, God, who doesn't know you, God? If there's unrepentant sin in their life, Lord, we just ask, Father, that they would have the boldness to come forward. We thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.